You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. Last week, we left off on the brink of the burning fiery furnace, and we just got done reading this statement from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three Jewish men who were committed to following Christ, and they were at the same time very respectful towards Nebuchadnezzar and the government that they were under. So let's read this again, starting in verse 16, and then we'll continue and hopefully get through this part of trial by fire. Looking at this stand that these men took, their their courage, the bravery, but also the way that God came through for them. And there's a lot of lessons for us. So hopefully we can get to those um, time permitting here today. So let's start reading in Daniel 3 verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So if you remember from last week, they're basically saying, we don't need a second chance. We already have made up our mind, and we're just letting you know that we are going to serve God, the true God, no matter what. So that means we are not going to serve your gods. We're not going to worship this golden image that you have set up. They're very clear. They give real reasons for the stand that they took. And then they submit to the government. We read that they accept their punishment. They don't push back. They don't complain. They don't, you know, start a petition. They just humbly and quietly submit to that government and the decision. They know that the consequences being thrown into the fiery furnace. And so they accept that. And they they say, we know that God has the power to deliver us from that. But if not, we're still going to serve the Lord. They're meek, both in their response toward God and toward the government. And that's such a lesson for us. When we take a stand, it should be no ruckus, no show, just obedience to God and acceptance of the cost. We shouldn't try to kick up a lot of dust, you know, and get a lot of attention. We should just do what's right and quietly, humbly submit to what happens, submit and accept the consequences, whether it be, you know, deciding to do something against the government or um, the people that you're around, something that they're not going to accept, whatever group you're in, whatever the consequences or the, you know, backlash might be. That's how our submission should look. And there's one more point I wanted to note about their submission, and that's that they submitted to God's will. And this is a little more subtle, I guess, but notice that they weren't telling God what to do. They weren't making demands of God to save them for standing up for what was right. And they weren't tempting God to save them from the consequences of a foolish choice they were making. They weren't just going out and risking their lives and expecting God to save them. That's called tempting the Lord. And we we don't see them harboring resentment for the outcome that they were faced with. 
None of that. They, they were not making demands of God. They were submitted to God's will. All throughout their statement, they say, you know, if not, if that's not God's will to deliver us, then we're still going to obey God. If God will deliver us, then we know he has the power to do that. So they were completely resigned to the will of God, no matter the outcome. Either way, they were just going to follow God's will. So now we're going to see their salvation. So let's continue reading here and we'll see what happens starting in verse 19. This is when they get thrown into the fire. We read, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is a scary thought. That he was so infuriated that he looked at them differently. You know, this man is enraged, and it says, Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. So he's given them the order to be burned. Verse 20 says, And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, and their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then verse 24, we'll continue reading. This is their salvation. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto him, unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So this is Nebuchadnezzar, his reaction to what he sees in the fire. From the very moment that these men landed in that furnace, from the moment they met those flames, they were not alone, but Christ was with them. And I think a lot of times we read and we think, oh, they're not delivered yet. We got to keep reading. Um, you got to go to that next verse that says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and called out to them, and he, he tells them to come out. That's not actually when the deliverance happened. They were delivered as soon as they met those flames because Christ was with them. And they were not saved from the flames initially. They were in the flames. And their salvation also did not tarry until they were brought out of the flames. So they weren't, uh, the fiery furnace wasn't, you know, abolished and, and they were just saved that way. They were, they were also not just rescued and set free from the furnace, but they were saved as they stood in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Their help came while they were going through the fire, while they were facing the trial for standing up for what was right. And for us, God does not always allow us to, you know, escape the trial. And very seldom does God immediately extract us from the trial or eradicate or eliminate the trial itself. 
Instead, God typically encourages us in the trial. That's the deliverance. So you might still be going through a trial, but the fact that God is with you and you can walk closely with him, that itself is deliverance. God supports, he assists, and relieves us while we are in that discomfort by his fellowship and ever-abiding presence in our lives, his company in the trial is the help that we need to endure. So that's what I mean by their salvation in the trial. Of course, they're set free from the trial because we, we know kind of the summary of this account. But I just want us to make this application that while we are in the trial, we can still be delivered as we go through the trial if we put our focus on the Lord. Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shalt the flame kindle upon thee. Those are promises made directly to Israel, but we can apply that to our own lives, that we don't face our trials alone. If we're following God, if we're fellowshipping with him, if there's no sin that hinders that fellowship or breaks that fellowship, then God is with us even in the trials. Even when we decide to stand for something that's right and we suffer the consequences of it, which will happen, God is with us, and he's the one that gives us the strength to go through that trial. So, in summary, before we move on, in summary, basically, um, I like the way that John Phillips kind of outlines this section of the book of Daniel. He breaks it down into three sections. He says there was an obligation to bow. There was an opportunity to bend. That's what we talked about, that second chance, you know, that they got that second offer from the king, like, here, let's try this again. But they didn't take it. So there was an obligation to bow, but they didn't. There was an opportunity to bend, but they didn't. And then there was an order to burn, but they didn't. And I'll actually read a little um, selection here from the commentary from John Phillips. He says, but something had caught the king's eye. It was a miracle. It had to be a miracle. Or could the king no longer count? He leaped to his feet. He addressed his counselors who were closest to his throne. How many men did we cast into the furnace? Was it not three? They affirmed that such was the case. Then how is it that I see four men? And that the fourth one, why, he looks like the son of God. Moreover, these men are free. The fire has consumed the the cords that bound them, but not the clothes that covered them. Look at them. They are strolling around in the very heart of the furnace. Those flames would melt iron, but the fierce hunger of the flames is gone. Come on, let us go as close as we dare to that furnace and get a closer look for ourselves. Sometimes just uh, reading a commentary or a summary of the account really helps you to visualize it in your mind. And just thinking about this, they were commanded to bow to an image in a field full of countless people who are from all over this kingdom. These men themselves, 
uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were probably from distant provinces of this empire, but they did not bow. And then when given a second chance, they didn't take it. They didn't back down. And then they faced the consequences boldly, but God delivered them from those consequences. It's crazy to think about, crazy to read in scripture. But we're going to close out this chapter by looking at the ministry of Daniel's friends. See, some people try to advance their influence or grow their ministry by conforming to the world, such as those that follow the purpose-driven church model or the seeker-sensitive model. But that is not these men. (laughs) That was not what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. That's not what their philosophy was. They were blessed with ministry opportunities because of the stand that they took. So because they were different, God gave them ministry opportunities. And there's three that I'll mention here. First, they had evidence of a walk with God. It was clear that they had been with Jesus during that trial. And there was evidence after. It left an impression. People noticed that their clothes weren't burned. You know, there was no smell of smoke on them. Secondly, they had an effect on the king. So he recognized that the stand they took was for God and that God delivered them because of their obedience. And once again, this wasn't true repentance. But don't worry, chapter 4 is coming. But Nebuchadnezzar keeps making these professions. He keeps noticing that God is is doing something here. So it had an effect on the king. And third, they were elevated by the Lord. God was the one who gave them elevation, who gave the increase, and he promotes them. And so these men are given higher positions. And as we follow God, we should try to gain favor with both God and man, just as Jesus did. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, where we read that he grew in stature, and he grew in wisdom, and he grew in favor with both God and man. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's Word is perfect, and it's everything you need to live for Him.